everyone. Thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast of Friends with Books. I am one of your FWBs, read reviews by Jess or just Jess. And I am your other FWB, booked with Emily or just M. And today we are joined by a very special guest, Amazon bestselling author and book talk sensation, Candy Steiner. <laughs> Hey, it's me. <laughs> it's Candy. <laughs> Candy. Welcome, Candy. We are Hi, so y'all. happy that you're here. Um, this, mm-hmm. I think we've teased it a little bit, but this was originally supposed to be a surprise for Emily because she's read several <laughs> of your books and has loved them and fangirled. Um, and it's true. Yeah, the one night we were doing, we were drunk and we were on video chat and she was like, you know who my dream podcast guest is? And I was like, you tell me, girl. And she was like, Candy Steiner. And so I am like, I'm the best friend in the world. I'm like, DM Candy Steiner. You were like, look, we're going to make dreams come true today and look at us now. Literally. You're embarrassing me. I love this. I love this. If it makes you feel better, I fangirl too. I totally fangirled the first time I met SC Stevens, so much so that I like over talked and talked super loud at her, and I'm pretty sure scared her. And then I walked away with like my head hanging low. I was like, oh no. That that has happened to us. We went to a Polycon last year, and every time we left like an interaction with an author, I'm like, Jess, like she's gonna take a restraining order out against us. I would much rather be in a community like this, though, where we're being like attacked with love bombs than (laughs) the other way around. For sure. Totally. Totally. Yes. Um, But we didn't make it to the full surprise because Emily being Emily said I was making her anxious and flipped it on me and made me feel really bad. (laughs) So then I had to tell her. Well, her first mistake was telling me, Emily, I have a surprise for you, but I can't tell you. Like, what? I was excited. So you don't like surprises, I take it. Not surprises at all. are not your jam. Not at all. In any way, shape, or form, my husband will try and surprise me with a date night, and I'm like, no, you need to tell me. Like, sweet gesture, but, like, I have to know what we're doing. I need to know how to dress. I need to know what to expect. Tell me everything. Exactly. Have you guys seen the TikToks going around where they'll like hold two pieces of paper in front of the camera and the person behind is like picking what their date's going to be? See, I would love that, but that would like not be your thing. No, not at all. all. Like I would have to know the options and also which hand it was in. (laughs) That's so funny. Let me exactly choose what I want. I think Tim would do a good job though. As long as it's all of your favorite things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Speaking of husbands, though, Candy, you just got married. Yeah, Your honeymoon looks so beautiful. Congratulations. I wanted to talk to you about that. I want to hear all about the honeymoon. Yeah, thank you so much. I feel like it's crazy to me that it's over because I feel like we spent so much time planning it and being in that sort of fiance time period, which I loved. Like, I don't like to rush anything in life, but especially not that. I'm like, you only get to be a fiance for a really short yeah. period of time. I want to be yeah. a fiance for as long as I can. Yeah. <laughs> so. For sure. And the planning um, paid off because, yeah, your honeymoon. Tell the listeners if they don't stalk you, basically, <laughs> what, <laughs> what you did for your honeymoon. 
Yeah, yeah. Okay. So um, basically, when we were trying to decide what we wanted to do, get married, Jack and I were talking, and then we we ended up going to see a few venues. And anyone who has done any sort of wedding planning or had a friend who got married in the last like 10 years, you know that like, uh, weddings have become kind of ridiculous. And it's so you go into to tour a place and they're like, okay, for four hours, it's only 60 grand. And you're like, Oh, okay. So during during quarantine, you know, Jack and I love to travel and during quarantine, obviously, none of us could do that. Um, and so one of the date nights that we would do is we would like, put countries in a hat, we would pick a country out of the hat. And we would like make a meal from that country, watch oh a travel gosh. documentary Aww. from that country, right? Like just That's kind so of a fun cute. way to travel without traveling. And, uh, and he made some joke when we were watching a documentary, he's like, man, can you imagine the trip we could take for the amount of money we're going to spend on one day? And I was like, I know, right? Like we could go to some of our top bucket list places. He's like, I mean, we could like, you know, take a whole three week trip to Switzerland. And I was like, you want to just do that yeah. instead of a wedding? <laughs> um, so we we got in touch with a photographer uh, who lives in Austria, and we told her everything we were looking for. She was fantastic, and so she set us up with the perfect place. It's the Gramai Alm, and it was in this beautiful nature park in Austria. And so we had these beautiful mountains in the background when we were getting married. It was just us. It was so quiet and lovely, um, except for there were cowbells everywhere because they have cows, <laughs> and so the cows were around, which is really cute. So now when I hear cowbells, I think about my Aww. wedding. Um, yeah. <laughs> And uh, and then afterward, we changed into our hiking boots and went down to the lake and we hiked all along the lake and stuff. It was it was amazing. Um, and we kind of had the best of both worlds because we still came home to Tampa and got together with our family and friends and kind of did like a reception. Yeah. Um, but it was very low key. And we were like, we're, we're going to have like appetizer food, but like eat dinner if you want. Yeah you know, anyway, yeah. um, but it was so stress-free, zero stress, all fun, all excitement. And I highly recommend it to anyone who, if you're planning a wedding or know someone who plan who is planning a wedding and they're having like just extreme fits of stress, just <laughs> say, forget it and yes. do what you want. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I think a lot of people are leaning that way too. They're like, yeah. screw a big wedding. Like that's a down payment on a house. That's a three week vacation. Like, let's just have something special and intimate and do what we want to do. And I love that. I think it's so amazing. For real. It's so it is. It's so much money. I think you got to do what works for you, though, because I know some friends who like they're they've dreamed of a yeah, wedding and right. they threw an amazing wedding that I was so happy to be at. So I think that you can't go wrong. Just do what you want to do. I think that's the you know, at the end of the day, that's what matters most. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Teach you definitely if you're listening, check out Candy's Instagram because she has some wedding photos on there and they're stunning. So, yeah, so beautiful. Yeah, <laughs> go check out the photos. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. All right, let's jump into a little game we have planned. So you're on Book Talk, so I'm sure you may have seen this floating around, but the game is Smash or Pass. Um, and so <laughs> very appropriate. Yeah. Love this. So, but this is with like book related things. So um whether it's like a trope or something like that. They'll say smash or pass, and you can give some sort of okay. explanation if you want to. You don't have to. It could just be like, that's your answer. <laughs> um, okay, I love that. But um, yeah, let's dive in. Em, do you want to do the first one? Yes. Okay. Long books, so greater than like 500 pages, smash or pass? Smash, baby. I love long books. <laughs> Okay. The thicker, the better. <laughs> that's what that's what they say. <laughs> I don't know who says that, but 
All of us. All of us. Let's be honest. So true. All right. Love at first sight. Ah. Uh, oh, this is hard. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say pass. Okay. Um, only because I'm not typically an insta love person. However, I have written insta love and loved it in that case. So, I guess you just gotta catch me on the right day. Yeah, <laughs> totally fair. No, that's fair. I'm the same way when reading too. So I get it. Okay. A morally gray main character, smash or pass? Oh, smash all day. Smash. All day, smash baby. All day. <laughs> <laughs> all day. I, I think, like, for me, I, I've never written a taboo romance, but I think you can tell just by reading, like, my, I don't know what you consider me, like, contemporary or sports or new adult, whatever. Um, I like to write, like, flawed, kind of messed up characters yeah. who make mistakes a lot. Um, and in my spicy scenes, I love to do things that you might not necessarily come across in every single book that yeah. you read. Um, Tell us more. But it's because it's because I love, like, I don't have the knowledge or I guess I don't have the passion to write like a mafia romance where like the guy can really do some really fucked up shit. But like, I can do the everyday fucked up yeah, shit. Right. And I love it. <laughs> That's perfect. Okay. Smash or pass audiobooks. Smash. And I, I would have said pass if this was me three years ago, but I am in love with audiobooks now. And it's helped me get through so much of my TBR because I'm yeah. driving or at the gym and I can just listen to audiobooks. And it's, oh, I love it. Chef's kiss. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. They're, they're, I think they're becoming bigger too. A lot of people say that people's TBRs, since reading has become so big recently, are just miles long. And so that's what people yeah. say. Like when anytime I'm in the car, grocery shopping, working, 100%. And it's got to be, you know, I feel like everyone's got what they like in an audiobook. So for me, like sometimes I'll start listening to an audiobook and I'm like, mm, I don't, I'm not feeling it. And yeah. I'll just read this one instead. Um, and, and like vice versa, like sometimes I'm reading the book and I'm like, oh, I just don't want to stop reading. So I'm going to whisper sync it and I'll listen to it. And then I end up loving the audiobook so much more that I'm like, well, now this has become an audiobook right. read, you know? Totally. Yeah. I think that's definitely happened to both Jesse and I. Like we've talked about that. <laughs> like we're not typically audiobook girlies, but they'll listen to it. Like we might be, like we might be audiobook <laughs> girls. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Third person point of view, smash or pass. Ooh. I say smash, not for romance though. I don't like third person point of view if I'm reading like a romance book. I don't wanna I don't wanna hear like Jess loved when yes. Jake put it in her butt or whatever, you know? Like <laughs> <She did. laughs> We wanna hear her thoughts and her emotions. I wanna be in her head. <laughs> yes. I wanna be either in her head or in his head. I need like the close up. I, I compare it to like, you know, if you've ever watched porn, right? There's like when it's really pulled back and you get the full view, which is nice, but then you get the close up <laughs> shot and you're like, hey, That's it. now I really know what's going on. The point of view. <laughs> I will perfect. never think of third person in the same way. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, I think we know your answer to this next one, but smash yeah. or pass, smut. Oh, smash, of course. She's like, pass. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> nah. <laughs> I think we're all one. in agreement there. Yeah, yeah. we're all smashing. <laughs> yes. Okay, a split timeline, smash or pass? Oh, smash. I love a split timeline. Yes. I love that. 
Um, I was just thinking it's, it's been a while since I've done the like, um, past and present where you kind of go back and forth and you know, things are going down and then it kind of like meets in the middle and you like understand everything. Um, and it makes me want to do one, but I'm really in my series. I'm in my series era right now. I did standalones for like the longest time. And now I'm just, I really love the creating a whole world and like a world of characters and then getting to like be with them for a while. It's really, really nice. Yeah, Jess makes fun of me because usually I just go off on monologues and talk about myself. But I, I have to say I relate to that so much because I love series. And I say the same thing. I'm like, I love getting into a world that you just don't want to leave. Like you Mm -hmm. fall in love with the characters. So I am a series girl through and through. So I've been loving, I've been loving your books lately because you get the little, you know, Easter eggs of like other people. So yeah. Oh my gosh. My, my, my audiobook producer, um, we're, we're bringing Palm South University to audio, which is so exciting. Um, that's like my passion project series that uh, I finished. I finished up last year. It's seven books and it's um, it follows all these kids in college. They're also in like fraternities and sororities. There's lots of drama and like juiciness anyway. So, oh, yeah. But she was, she was, she's finishing up the last book and she was like, it just is amazing to see because I've worked with you on so many different things now to see how you created like this whole world in the Becker brothers series and this small town kind of like vibe. And then you also did this college for the red zone rivals, but you did a completely different kind of college setting for the Palm South university series. And now you're like about to jump into a hockey world. And she's like, it's just so Um, fun to kind of like jump from world to world. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Did I say that? (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Back to that. For sure. (laughs) Okay. TV slash film adaptation, smash or pass? Smash. And I'm dreaming of the day when that happens to me. I've been manifesting it for years. So I'm just waiting for the universe to deliver it. It will happen. happen. We're manifesting it for you too. Thank you. I actually, I will say, I really fell in love with the summer I turned pretty on Amazon Prime yeah. this year. Um, and God, I, I, I hope that Jenny Han is a Jenny Han. I think yeah. no, wait. That's the author. Yes, yeah. I hope she not. I hope she never listens to this because I adore you. But I loved the, I loved the show so much more, and I never <laughs> feel that way. But I really did. Um, but I, but I listened. I listened to every audiobook. I finished the whole series so I could support the author because that's that's one thing I like to do. If I really love the show and I've never heard of the book, I at least want to buy the book and either listen to it or read it to support the author. Because mm-hmm. um, I think a lot of times with film adaptations, people. People just like are like oh it's based on a book cool but then the author doesn't really see much of that yeah. um and for anyone on the outside if you think that because a movie is big that the author is like rich that is like not the case they usually get paid a set amount for the rights of that book or like the rights to make that film so if you've liked a recent <laughs> film adaptation go buy the book too <laughs> that's actually really good information because i i have always wondered that you know when authors they're their books go to the big screen. I'm like, oh, they just have to be living life, living large right yeah. now. So that's that's good to know that that's not not how that works, I guess. Honestly, I, yeah, I always buy the book because I like to compare it, but I get stuck on, do I watch the movie or read the book first? Because I'm like, the book is usually always better, but yes. do I want to mm-hmm. put hours into reading a book after I've just watched the movie and maybe the same thing is going to happen? So I haven't right? cracked the code yet, but 
<laughs> I think you've got to really be in love with it too, right? Like if you loved the show, then you, it's kind of like you get to relive it or rewatch mm-hmm. it again, just in a different way. Um, but I think if you just like kind of liked the show, then it's like, it's hard. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Nah. <laughs> Agreed. Okay. Alternating point of view or like a dual point of view. Smash or pass. Smash with the caveat that I actually really love writing single point of view. And I know I got so many girlies who would hate me for saying that, but I do. And and here's the reason why I think that there is a certain kind, a certain type of angst that can only be achieved when you cannot get in the male character's head, which is why I loved writing a love letter to whiskey and like close quarters, make me hate you. Like, on the way to you, all these books that I really wanted to heighten up the angst and that sort of like stomach churning feeling that I love so much. It works so much better when you can't get in his head because he'll do things. And you as the reader are like, he's doing that because he likes you, you freaking psycho. (laughs) But the re but the character just doesn't see it yet or whatever. And so whenever the big thing happens, like let's say it's been a slow burn enemies to lovers and you're just, you think that he hates her. And then all of a sudden they're like in each other's faces and he's like, I love you, you stupid woman. And then you're like, "Ah!" like, you know, it's just like, it's so good. The perfect moment is what you're saying. Yeah. That is so true though. I've never thought of it that way either. You're teaching me so much. (laughs) I do think though, like we love to get in the man's point of view, but I also think like we love, we love men written by women, right? Like let's be realistic. We love to think that there are these men out in the world that are like, so obsessed with us that their whole day just revolves around <laughs> thinking about when they're gonna see us next. <laughs> you mean there's not? You mean, we you love mean, that. You mean my husband doesn't do that. <laughs> this is fake. <laughs> no, I agree. I I am fully with you. Okay, this is our last one here. Smash or okay. pass? Long chapters. Oh, pass. I like short chapters. <laughs> yeah. And I yeah. I used to write longer ones. Like I have some books that have some pretty girthy chapters. Um, <laughs> they would have scene breaks maybe, but you know. Um, but now like I when I'm editing, that's one thing I like specifically look for. I'm like, if this if this chapter is more than like three thousand words, something's we gotta we gotta break it up. We gotta <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. How many words is like your average chapter? Just for someone who has no idea. <laughs> And like 3,000 yeah, words. So, yeah, and functions and pages <laughs> instead. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a good question. So um, I go by words because that's just how my brain yeah. works. So it's usually like between 1,500 and 3,000 words. I might have like a 4,000 or 5,000 word chapter, but that's very rare. And it's usually if it's a really big moment, like if it's the fight and the fight mm-hmm. is taking up a lot of time or like a sexy scene yeah. because I get real long winded during those. But I would say like um, page wise, maybe like eight to 12 pages, yeah. you know, like I, yeah. I want it to be something where like, if you're reading before bed, you could read a chapter and be like, Oh, I have time to read another. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, I never want it to feel daunting when you sit down to read. So I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that a lot of readers now too like those short chapters and it's yeah. so true. Like right before bed, you're like, Oh, one more chapter. And then before you know it, it's like 6am and you're like, okay, these short chapters. Are <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I will say I get that a lot in reviews. Like people will tag me and be like, oh, this was a short, easy read. And I'm like, that was 120,000 words. Like, (laughs) 
<laughs> that's short to you? You're reading fantasy too much, girl. <laughs> that's honestly was probably my review too. It's like so bingeable. I read it in one sitting. Yeah, it was fine. I do love that. I love when they say it's bingeable or read in one sitting, but it like it it's crazy to me. Everyone has a different reading speed, right? But like sometimes I'll send out arcs. And I'm like, cool. All right. It'll be a couple of days before things start rolling through. And like three hours later, it's like review posted. And I'm like, you're like, dang, did you that. even read the book? <laughs> yeah. I spent months, weeks writing that yes. and you're done in three hours. Go back around. <laughs> right. Exactly. Try it again. Reread time. <laughs> okay. Um, right. So that's all of our Smasher pads. But we have a couple more just like general questions to get to know you as like a reader. Um, because I know you're a reader too i've i saw you posted on your website um in the past like your top books of x y year um so what was the last book you read um i just well okay the last romance i read was whispers of you by katherine cowles it actually comes out at the end of this month and it was phenomenal this is my first time reading her and at one point like i was i got an audio arc and i was listening to it And I remember when she sent it to me, I was like, I might be able to read it. I'm going to be honest. I don't know. I'm very much a mood reader. So I might not just be in the mood for this. And I just was obsessed with listening to it. And I like stopped it and like picked up my phone and voice noted her. And I was like, excuse me, you did not tell me that you were this talented. (laughs) (laughs) I love this book. So anyway, so that was the last one, like romance book that I finished. Um, But I also just finished... um, uh, my, so Jack and I, every Christmas Eve, we exchange books. It's like our thing that we do. So we do books and chocolate. Um, and so he got me, uh, the quarry girls, which is like a thriller mystery. Mm. And it was so good. It's on Amazon's like top 20 still, I think. So you can easily find it, but very, very good. It was so good. And I love to read out like not just romance. I love reading all kinds of things. And so it's, I call them like my palate cleansers and I, I feel like I just devour them so quickly because I'm like, what's going to happen. Right. Um, and I don't, I don't write mystery and thriller. Right. So it's really hard sometimes when I'm reading romance to turn off that part of my brain. Mm-hmm. That's like, I know the, I know the formula. I know what's coming. I know what's going to happen. I can kind of like gauge where this is going. Um, and even if they surprise me a little bit, it's, it's still kind of like, I know, I know what to expect. So I like reading something that's kind of out of the realm of what I normally expect. Um, and then right now I'm reading the second book in the Nevermore series, which is like a kid's series. It's like Harry, it's like Harry Potter. It's really, really fun. Aww. So. Oh, I am adding I, all to TBR. I've <laughs> never I heard really of any of those down. actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. I hate asking this question because, oh, sorry. That's my alarm because it, it's a lot of pressure, but what was your favorite book of 2022? If you can pick one. Oh, oh my gosh. I had so many, so many that I really, really loved in 2022. So I read the seven husbands of Evelyn Hugo and that definitely like stands out to me as like, again, one of those books that I was just devouring because I was like, what is going to happen? Like, this is so good. Um, and I, I loved that. And then I would say like romance wise was probably heartless by Elsie silver. Oh. Um, <laughs> y'all know, I love her and we got really close in 2022. Cause we started like cross promoing. She's so sweet. She reached out to me. We, we had been friends, like, you know, like online yeah. friends where you kind of like talk in a little bit and share a little bit and whatever. And, um, and she was like, Hey, I know this is kind of weird, but we're coming out with books at the same time. Would you be open to cross promoting? And I was like, absolutely. Oh and gosh. we did a we did a newsletter swap. 
And we wanted to do something different. So we did like an exclusive swap where like I gave her an excerpt that nobody else was getting and she gave me one that no one else was getting and we sent it to our newsletters. And I got so many replies back of people being like, oh my God, I was hooked from this excerpt. I read it and now I love Elsie Silver and I'm obsessed and whatever. (laughs) Um, And then... And then Elsie and I just started being like, we should just keep doing this. We have releases around the same time anyway, so let's keep cross-promoting. Yeah. And then it became, hey, are you writing today? Yes, I am. Also, Lena Hendricks is here. So now the three of us are in like <laughs> oh a group. Gosh. And so Elsie and Lena and I just like, we're talking like every day. And um, we got to meet in person in Houston in November. Anyway, so our love affair really flourished. Um, but... <laughs> I will be honest, like I had read one of her books before and I enjoyed it, but I read Heartless and I fucking loved it. I, and I, I, re- I, I just finished Heartless so yesterday and I am fully with you. I It's so good. It was good. so good. <laughs> the, te- the, the way the chapters start with the text messages oh my gosh. was so brilliant. And like, and just like the banter, like Willa is a pistol and... <laughs> I just loved it. It was I amazing. Em- Emily, before you got on, we were talking about what are we going to read next? And she yes. was like, I think I might read Heartless. And I was like, you must. Yeah. Do it. I'm going to. <laughs> I, I just finished Flawless. And I love that, too. I'm in my cowboy era. Like, I just, like, yes. want to go ride a horse or a cowboy. <laughs> <I know. laughs> yes. I just finished Flawless. And I had to read another book for the podcast. And I was like, Jess, like, I'm itching to read Heartless. And then she was yes. telling me how she just like absolutely was obsessed with it so no question as soon as we get off this I'm gonna go start reading that (laughs) yes and and powerless comes up next month right when hail mary comes out or it's it's like powerless is the 10th and hail mary is the 15th so again we're doing like all the cross promo and kind of getting ready to launch together so it's really i love that that's such an awesome journey and it's so cool to know that like authors indie authors have like this community as well that where they're just kind of like supporting each other and talking books and reading each other's books I think that's awesome (laughs) it's really fun and I will say like I mean I've been in this industry for 10 years right and and you see a lot of shit when you're here like I I love our community and I think 98% of it is positive and beautiful, but there are some shitty things out there. There's some shitty people, no matter where you go. Right. So I've been, you know, it's hard. I'm, I'm very much the kind of person that I trust until you lose my trust, as opposed to you having to earn my trust first. Mm -hmm. Um, and I have learned to try to like, I guess, like toughen my skin a little bit and say no a little bit more because of like being taken advantage of, or like having, you know, people reaching out to you for the wrong reason. Yeah. Um, so it's hard, it's hard sometimes, but I just like, I get feelings with people. I get vibes. And so like when Elsie first reached out to me, I was like, yeah, she seems really nice. She's a sweetheart. Let's, let's do this. And then when I read her book, I was like, damn it. I didn't realize you were a genius. <laughs> <laughs> That's so awesome. That's exciting. Good for you she's guys. A, she's a sweetheart. Also Lena Hendricks. If you haven't read her yet, she has some small town stuff too. And she's amazing. Okay. And she's such a sweetheart. So yeah, highly I recommend. Jot that down, well. Jess. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Um, okay, while she's writing that down, I am going to take this question because I'm so excited to hear what you have to say, but it's fuck, Mary kill, Clay Ooh. from Blindside, Zeke <laughs> from Fair Catch, or Holden from Pornbox <gasps> Yeah. I can't kill one of my babies. Okay, he doesn't have to be dead, but he just has to, like, take a long, go long away. vacation. Yeah, just go Okay, he's but taking a walk. He's taking a vacation is in a, a shitty place. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, oh man, that's really, that's really tough. 
Oh boy. Okay. <laughs> well, I think I would fuck Clay. I just think me too. Like, that's the answer, right? That's the answer. Um, when I, I was so surprised when I was writing Clay and he just really like, I just loved how he took initiative to like figure out what she likes. Yeah, and I yeah. think, I think it's a right. Romance is a fantasy. Like it, it definitely is. It plays into this part of us where of like what we desire. Now that doesn't mean it can't happen in real life. It just means that like we are really able to write and put on paper, like things that matter to us. And for me, I've been this way my whole life. I've never been a one night stand girl. I've discovered very early on in my like sexual life that I need to have a good connection with that person to be able to like feel comfortable enough to be intimate. Um, and so for me, the fact that Clay is like doing his homework, reading books, Hell asking yeah. questions, <laughs> yeah. testing things out, like I am all about that. And the fact that he made her like take her time when she was like, like, let's go. And he's like one step at a time. We have a lot to get to. Yeah. <laughs> and they did. They got to it. And they did. They did. Um, and, and I would say that I would marry Zeke. I just think that Zeke is like, I think he's the most underrated guy in the series. Yeah. I think a lot of people either skipped him and didn't read him or like, were just like, Oh yeah. Well, after reading clay, Zeke just doesn't measure up to what clay was. Right. Cause usually it was like they read blindside that they went back and read fair catch. Yeah. But for me, I fell so in love with Zeke and Riley. And what I loved about Zeke is that he never stopped loving Riley, even when she hated him Aww. and he was like protecting her and like, he just, to me, has husband material written all over him. Like, you know, he's going to go to war for you. He would like give the shirt off his back for you. And he also just like knows how to get Riley to like stop being such a curmudgeon and like have fun a little bit. <laughs> um, and Holden, Holden, I love, I think for me, I will say like Holden and Julep that there's no fucking with that. Like Holden is Juleps in my heart. So yeah. he's just, he's not even on the table to me. So he has to die. <laughs> Yeah, he has to die. With Julep, yeah. I love those answers. I would agree with you. It's funny you say that about Fair Catch. So if you're listening to this, definitely read Fair Catch because I I do think in this series that's probably the most underrated because everyone did. I myself started with Blindside, and then was like, yes. oh, and I actually then read Quarterback Sneak and then went back to Fair Catch. So I think that's yes. a good call out if you're listening. Make sure to read the whole series for sure. And I will say, like, when I was writing Fair Catch, I remember, like, posting in Candyland and stuff and being like, guys, this is my favorite book I've ever written. I am so oh. obsessed with them. But I, I I, think it was just the series as a whole being born, too, because I was like, oh, my God, I'm marrying college romance, which has all this, like, angst that just sits, like, easily in it. Like, when you're in college, every relationship you're in is angsty. I don't care. You're young. That's just the way it goes. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then football and, like marrying my two like favorite things to write about. So um, it was, it was just awesome. And I really loved that Riley was on the team. Like some of my favorite scenes in that book are like when she's holding her own against the team, like when she plays 500 against Kyle Robbins, like that is, <laughs> that is it. That is the one. That's the moment. That's the moment. Actually, like this is skipping ahead a little bit, but I think that's the perfect segue into like, where did your inspiration for the Red Zone Rivals series come from? And how do you know so much about football? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so, okay. So it's an, it's an interesting, like, 
road that got that got us there. So I I've loved football my whole life. I grew up in Oklahoma. And when you are born in Oklahoma, they either put you in an OSU onesie or an OU onesie and you don't get to choose which. But then you're that you're a fan of that football team forever. So like, even though I've never stepped foot on the OU campus, I am like, go Sooners, right? So um, <laughs> um and then my my mom was a big Kansas City Chiefs fan and my dad was a big Dallas Cowboy fan. So like there was always football going on in the house. Um, and when I moved to Florida, I decided I really wanted to like have my own team. So I adopted the Buccaneers. Those are my team. Um, and I when I went to UCF, I was all about being at the games there. And I just like I don't I don't watch football because I think it's cool to watch football. I watch football because I fucking love yeah. it. <laughs> like I'm so invested in everything about it. So when I um, I wrote the wrong game and the wrong game, if a very short premise is basically that this girl loves football so much that she has season tickets to the Bears, the Chicago Bears. And she decides to get out into the dating world by like putting it in her profile and taking a new guy to each game. Um, and I actually had the idea to do this when I was single, except I was not brave <laughs> enough to do it. And so I wrote a book about it instead. Um, that would have been cool as yeah. heck, though, if you did that in real life. I that would have been amazing. Right. I know, I know. I wish I would have had the had the lady balls to do it, but I didn't. Um, but I loved I loved writing that. And um, Old Fashioned, which is the last book in the Becker Brothers series, he is a football coach, so there was a little bit of football in that as well. And then I wrote The Right Player, the follow up to the wrong game, which is Bell's book, and that was the first time I actually wrote like a legit football player. Mm -hmm. And I had so much fun just like kind of researching like what an NFL player's life looks like in the off season versus in the season and kind of like how they end up where they are. And um, I somehow got onto watching this YouTube series that this kid did where he was talking about college football and he would be like, all right, it's game day, guys. We're getting ready. It was like a day oh in the life, but it was like a whole day. And I was just watching and then it was like, you know, you, YouTube will suggest it to you. So the next thing I know, I've done like 10 hours of just watching <laughs> college athletes and I didn't realize how difficult it is to be a college athlete because, you know, we see them performing on the field or the court or whatever their sport is. But we forget that they also are expected to keep really good grades. They're expected to volunteer and be a part of their community. They're, they want to have relationships and party because they're kids and they also have family. So there's just I don't know. I got obsessed thinking about that. And I was just like, I have to write a college football series. I have to do it. Yeah. Um, and then I I had an idea of where I wanted it to be based, which is in Boston. And we went and visited Boston. And I was like, yeah, this oh is it. Gosh. So I was taking notes when we were in Boston and just really like soaking in the the atmosphere there because it's so different than like being I'm in Florida. Right. So right. completely different than um, than being here. But yeah, that was kind of the roundabout way as I was just like, I love writing about football. This obviously really interests me. Um, and I think that I can make a college romance football series that slaps. You so sure here we did. are. <laughs> it did. It did. Jess, yeah. Jess and I were, were talking about it actually, and it is so obvious, like we've read other sports romances, right? But it's so obvious in your books that you are an actual fan of football because you write so much about it. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like you're just kind of like, faking it I read it and I'm like oh I feel like I'm yeah. kind of learning about football so it's <laughs> yeah. like it's very obvious that you are a fan of it um, and I will say, I think that's hit or miss too, right? Because like some readers, I get dinged sometimes in my reviews because people are like, oh, too much football, right? <laughs> like, oh, 
don't see much value. But but I that's just me as a writer. Like yeah. anytime that you read my books, like um, you're gonna get character background. You're I'm if I tell you that they are a tattoo artist, you're never. It's not just gonna be some like two dimensional thing that exists. You're gonna see them in the tattoo shop, which is I say this because inhale Mary. Like you know Mary is a, a she's a tattoo apprentice, and I just feel like. In my opinion, I think it's the lazy way out to be like to give a character a background or um, a personality trait and then not show it right. on paper. Yeah. It's very much like telling versus showing. Right. And right. so you can show so much about your characters or even develop the romance by putting them in those situations, which in this series is so fun because I can put the guys in the game, but have them like, you know, thinking about their girls or I can have the girls watching them play or like in Riley's case, you know, having like that real, that pressure on her for being the only female kicker in the whole league. Yeah. And she's trying to sort of like come up out of that and be a part of the team anyway. So to me, it adds to it. Why would you take out the best part? Like, that's why we love to read. I like to read mafia romance because I've never been in the mafia. So I want to know what it's like to be in the mafia. You that know, sounds like yeah. someone who's in the mafia. That's something they would say. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. But I do agree. And I think you referenced this earlier when you were just kind of like chatting. But did you have an idea of like the characters in the books in these series and what they would be before you started writing or did that kind of like write it as you were writing fair catch that it write itself? Yeah, that's a great question. So, um, when I first started, I did like a series outline, um, and it's very high level. Like my notes wouldn't make sense to like anybody else probably, but, um, <laughs> here, actually I'm going to pull, I'm going to pull up my, my outline. Oh. Um, Cause I still have like, <laughs> I still have my, my notes and stuff. So like some of my series notes. So I have like book one freshman year, a receiver and special teams, um, a receiver slash special teams and a kicker. The kicker is a girl. Um, she used to do it just for fun with her brother, but then took it more seriously after his accident. It's enemies to lovers vibes. It's his best friend's twin sister. She blames him for the accident, like all this stuff. Right. So yeah. those are like my little things. And then I was like, okay, the second book is going to be their sophomore year. It's going to be, um, the safety on the team and the PR intern. <laughs> it's going to be fake dating. It's going to be right. Like these are just like the little things that I had. So did I have everything flushed out? No, but I had an idea. And as I was writing, the characters started coming in into their own, right? Mm -hmm. So Holden automatically was like, I'm serious. I am a leader. I am QB one. <laughs> I'm here to keep the team in line. And I was like, okay, this is how he wants to be. We're just going to let that happen. Um, Clay was more smooth with it, right? Like Clay was very smooth. He's like the easy friend, the easy guy, but he also was like a lovesick puppy over his high school sweetheart. Yes. So... Ugh. For, for most of Fair Catch, you you think Clay's off the table. And then, like, there's just a couple of little things that are mentioned. Like, uh, his girlfriend from back home is like, we don't really like her. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Um, and then Leo, oh, Leo is like, he's my little playboy. And you're going to find out in his book that comes out next. Time, like, you've seen him. Like, he's always flirting. He's always got a girl on his arm. He's always kind of making these comments to every girl that he's around. Um, but you'll get the deeper side to him and kind of see why he is that way and, and sort of how it's, like, his defense mechanism. So, anyway. Oh, I just, I'm excited. I'm excited, yeah. too. <laughs> I'm excited, too. So, so you kind of, too. 
<laughs> We're all excited. Yay. So much excitement. <laughs> um, so you mentioned how like you kind of each character writes themselves and they have their own personality and they're very, you know, dimensional characters. But a lot of them kind of I feel like have a little bit of you in them too. You know, like Julep yeah. with the pole and um oh my gosh, I'm totally blank Gianna with the reading the spicy books, right? Yes. So like yeah, do you totally. intentionally do that or does that kind of just naturally flow out of you as you're writing i was telling emily no, I, I, I call them i was calling them fun size candy and she was like why are you yeah. saying that and she was like what do you mean and i was like fun size candy it's a joke and she was like i don't understand and i was like because i did not get it <laughs> yes it's like um it's like the halloween candy you know yes. like little bite-sized stickers that you get i love that i got it eventually um, but at first i was yeah. like yes like are you having a stroke like i do not understand what you're saying this do not have to do with this <laughs> No, I, I love that question. I, I definitely, I, I've always said I leave a little piece of me in every book that I write. Um, and not just like, obviously my soul that I've written with, but like little pieces of me, because I think that's what makes any character, a deep character is when you give them something real. So anytime I meet a person, whether they're, if it's my friend, if it's an acquaintance, I always kind of give the um, disclaimer that anything you say or do can and will be used against you in a work of fiction. (laughs) So just know that. So I am always like my, my brain is constantly taking notes and like filing things away and being like, that would be a cute character quirk. That would be a fun thing for a character to do. Like, um, Julep's garage sale thing. Just, I had a memory of going to garage sales with my grandma and I was like, why have I not written a character who loves to go yard sailing yet? Yeah. Right. Um, and, uh, like Gemma or, well, actually this is in a couple of them, but, um, so Gemma, her hot dogs with ketchup and cheese is totally me (laughs) and everybody makes fun of me for it, but it's my jam. Um, I forget which character I put in, but one of the, oh, and make me hate you, Jasmine. She puts her ice cream in the microwave because she doesn't want it too cold. I do that. Um, in a love letter to whiskey. A love letter to whiskey, which she she loves to take baths, and that's me. That's where I do like all my thinking and like relaxing is in the bathtub. So yeah, so I totally leave a little bit. And I've had a lot of questions of when are you gonna write about a pole dancer? Because everyone has seen my pole yeah. videos. Mm-hmm. And I, I actually did in Palm South University. Ashley is a pole dancer, but again, that series is just like my least read series. I think it's hard for people to get into because it's um multiple point of views mm-hmm. it's seven characters mm-hmm. and so some people love that and eat it up and other people are like nah man not for me so <laughs> I was like okay I really want to write a pole dancer in but I know I don't want to force anything it's got to feel right. right so there were plenty of books that I could have done it in but I was like Gemma's not a pole dancer like right. <laughs> you know what I mean like um Riley is certainly not a pole dancer like there I could just go through the list of my books and you could see that it didn't fit with anybody but with Julep it a hundred percent made sense and I was yeah. like she's totally a pole dancer and um, she was so yeah <laughs> she was indeed. she sure was and Holden loved and it, Holden loved it. <laughs> that's another plug for like Candy's Instagram and her TikTok she posts really cool stuff about her um pole dancing ventures and you're so I don't even know how you do that but it's amazing <laughs> it is fascinating like Thank I just you. like kind of, I'm like is she even holding on to the pole right like, yeah. <laughs> how does that even work hanging hanging by a leg or an armpit it's fine (laughs) good for you though honestly um okay so we've kind of talked about it a little bit but hail mary is coming out next month 
Um, so yeah. that's so exciting. What can you tell us about Leo? What else can you tell us other than he's like a playboy? Um, give us the tea. Yes. Yeah, I got you. Okay, so it comes out on February 15th, so the day after Valentine's Day. So when you're drunk off wine and chocolate, <laughs> you can wake up the next day or midnight, download it to your Kindle at midnight and enjoy it. Um, but so this is the last book, and um, that has proven to be quite a challenge for me because it's so bittersweet, yeah. right? Like I'm excited to finally write Leo and Mary because I've been thinking about them for so long, but I'm so sad to leave sort of the world right. behind. Right. Um and it's made the book grow a lot because there's things that I didn't in like anticipate writing in. And then I just like end up on a tangent and I come out on the other side of it. And I'm like, I love that. And it needs to stay. So now I, I just kind of keep it. For example, um, there's a part in the book where Mary is freaking out and she kind of sends an SOS to the girls. Right. And Julep is in Charlotte with Holden at this point. Mm-hmm. And Riley is in her senior year on the team and Gianna is also PR right for the team in her senior year. And so Julep is like, let's do a bachelorette party. So she flies in <laughs> and there's like a bachelorette party and it's like, you know, there's fun. They, they go to a pole studio. It's really hilarious. Like the different personalities on how they tap. Yeah, the yeah. And, stuff. <laughs> like, um, and then they go back to the hotel and they're like eating pizza and getting drunk off wine. And they're all like having their own issues. Like, you know, Julep is in this new place she's planning a wedding it's just kind of like high stress Riley is watching all of her fellow teammates get ready for the draft and know that they're going to get drafted where she's like there's no way I'm getting drafted like my football career is about to be over so she's dealing with that and then um you know Mary's going through it with Leo which I don't want to spoil but there's some stuff going on and then (laughs) Gianna she tags in and is like guys I know like everything is so tough right and she's like they think she's sick she's like sniffling and coughing and they're like are you okay and she's like I'm in a book funk and they're like what I love her she's my how relatable is that though? I mean, I love it. Amazing. Wait, I can't wait to see how she pulled the answers. That's what I was thinking of. I can't wait to see how she tackles that. Yes. So, so I will say like the romance between Mary and Leo is so strong and it's, it's a slow burn. Um, they, they, hang on, let me finish this off first. So (laughs) their, their relationship is obviously the center of the show, but there's also so many little, like, like the boys are there, the girls are there, the, it's the end of an era. So there's a lot of like wrapping things up Mm -hmm. that has been really fun to do. Um, but what I love about their relationship is, um, Mary is kind of like, (laughs) she's a sassy one. (laughs) She doesn't take any shit from anybody and she makes Leo work for it. Like it is a slow burn, but I will say that when it happens. It is filthy. Oh, it is filthy. Okay. This is and <laughs> like, <laughs> like they are on an they are on another level. I just think because they're a little more grown than yeah. I feel like the other characters are. Like Leo has a lot of right. experience because he's been a playboy, right? And then <laughs> um, Mary is also very in touch with her sexuality, and she also has this like I don't care what anybody thinks of me attitude. So like I think a lot of women and I a lot of us we have this sort of wall that holds us back in sex because we're kind of scared we're kind of like should I do what I think he wants me to do am I moaning for him or for me like am I allowed to like this do I focus on making him happy or do I sit back and get mine like I don't know what to do here right so um but she is very much like no I'm gonna like I'm gonna take the lead here so anyway it's great 
I I love them. Um, and it's got the enemies to lovers vibes. Plus they. Ugh, she ends up moving into the pit because the pipes break in her house. Oh. And so she is living with the guys. And like, <laughs> this is like, I live for this shit. Like when she walks out in like her boy shorts and her t-shirt and they're just like, on the floor. <laughs> yeah. Hello. Yes. I am yeah, so exactly. excited for it. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Her character was very interesting to me in uh, QB Sneak. I was very intrigued with her. Like I couldn't get a read on her at first. And by the end, I was like, I love her. Like she is just so like <laughs> sassy and tenacious. Like good for her. So I can't wait for you guys to read yes. it. I'm super excited. We are um, super excited. I am very excited also. You hinted at it which caught Emily and I off guard is that you may or may not be writing a hockey romance yeah so um I I actually I've been teasing this a lot on my Instagram and on my TikTok and I I feel like every time I post something about a people like inevitably someone who hasn't heard about it, like wait what yeah. say what Us. um so yeah, literally I'm like yeah. what where'd this come yeah. from yeah <laughs> So I, I love hockey too. I will, I will admit, I know more about football than I do about mm-hmm. hockey. When I'm watching the games with Jack, I'm like elbowing him. Like, why was that offside? Why was it that? Like, can you explain to me what's going on? Right. Um, so I have some research ahead of me as far as the game goes, but I understand the fandom and I, and I love the sport and I love um, the players and I watch so many interviews. And again, like I go down YouTube rabbit holes, just following <laughs> athletes and stuff. Um, and so I just kind of knew when I wrapped this up that I wanted to write a hockey series. And so it's going to be pro hockey, not college hockey. It's going to be pro hockey because I'm ready to write some grown ass men. Yeah. I got some grown ass men things yeah. on my head. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, and I, I'm really excited. It's going to be five books. Um, I'm pretty sure that I'm going to base the books in Tampa. It's been a long time since I've okay. written a book based in Tampa. And we, we really love our hockey team here. So obviously it wouldn't be the Lightning, but it would be a fictional team um, showing some love to my city and everything but I'm going to be writing some uh tropes that I've been dying to write that I've never written like I'm going to write a single dad romance which I'm very excited about (laughs) (laughs) yes and and I loved fake dating so much that I want to write like a fake engagement fake marriage situation so yeah so I'm really pumped and I have like a whole I have like all the no- all the series notes that I was just calling out for Red Zone Rivals, I have that yeah. going for the hockey series now. So. That is oh so exciting. I'm so I love a single dad, and I I'm, I don't want to say this because I don't want to get slandered, but I also love a pregnancy trope. So love a oh. pregnancy trope, and that's so uh, that's an unpopular opinion, honestly. But yes. I I do we do like a, a pregnancy trope. <laughs> okay, so I have to ask, like, do you like? surprise pregnancy do you like like where it's like a one night stand she gets pregnant mm-hmm. and keeps it from him like what are your what are your likes and your dislikes all of Honestly, the above really yeah. <laughs> yeah. like we're, okay. we actually just read um a series and it was kind of that too like she got pregnant on a one night stand then ended up not being able to find the dad and it just so happened six years later they ran in together and she's like oh by the way like we created a child like and it's kind of them navigating like I don't I'm know like, how to be we read together. This? I read it no, I'm, I'm talking about Daphne Perry. This is okay. this is the Lark Cove series. This you okay. didn't read that yet. I'm thinking I was like, Daphne this Perry. This is not ringing a bell to me. Yeah, she's like, but oh I god, did I forget? 
So I like it all, honestly. You throw a child in there, and I think I think it's so fun. <laughs> I love. I will say I love writing about kids, um, especially like if they're in that tender age, like six to nine, oh. like somewhere around there. You know. Yeah. Um, I love that. Or like um, Carla Sorensen had her her series where it was like the older brother taking care of all his younger oh my sisters. Gosh. Oh, love that. It was so good. Yes. It was so good. I just love a man that interacts with a child in the, like, in a good way. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, my gosh. Over the holiday. Over the holidays, we had some friends over and one of one of our girlfriends just had a baby and um, she handed it to Jack and I didn't know I was in the kitchen like like messing around or whatever and I turned around and Jack's just like holding a baby and I was like, my ovaries were doing things. I was like, stop. Oh my gosh. No, it does something too. It really does. It really does. <laughs> okay, but. Before we wrap up, we obviously have to talk about this. I've been waiting to talk to you about this literally since I read this book last year. But A Love Letter to Whiskey is uh, the yeah. first book I ever <laughs> read by you. And seriously, I, I did binge it in one night. The fifth anniversary edition. Like, I did Ooh. not go to sleep. But I guess just what inspired you to write this? Like, how did you even oh come up with this I idea? I have a theory just to... before <laughs> you say that. I have a theory that all writers okay. who write about writers are <laughs> actually writing about themselves. So that's funny. <laughs> tell me if okay. that's the case. <laughs> so I will tell you. So A Love Letter to Whiskey was a little bit of me and a little bit of every single one of my friends. And I say this because I, at that time in my life, I was... 25, 26 when I was writing this. And I swear every single one of my friends and I were going through like these tumultuous situations because it was like this time in our life we were out of college. Right. But like all these people from our past were showing back up or we were getting into like tangled situations. Like I had a friend who was like involved with a married guy and that was obviously very heartbreaking, right. Both ways. Um, And then I like I have had the situation where you're like best friends with somebody, but like it's never really more than that. But it is, but it's not. Mm -hmm. Um, And because of like whatever situation. So I never had a full like, you know, B and Jamie situation. But I knew what that gut feeling was like when you have someone in that situation that is like not fully yours. But also there's something more than friendship there. You know what I mean? Um, and I had other girlfriends who were in the same situation where like someone came back into their life after they were already married or like they met somebody and, um, just realized like, just all these, all these feelings was basically what inspired a love letter to whiskey. And I remember when I sat down and started writing it, I didn't have an outline. I didn't have a plan. I didn't know what I was doing. I literally sat down. I wrote that first scene where she's jogging with her best friend and they like literally run into each other. Um, and I was just like, okay, here we go. I've got, I want to set it up from high school. Cause I want, I want the reader to feel every step of this. Yeah. Right, right person, wrong time. And I also wanted to show how many things have to line up for love to happen. Cause I think we forget about that. We're so easily thrown into a situation where like a guy or a girl, both, they just sacrifice everything else in their life for each other. But what happens if the guy moves and goes off to college and the girl doesn't, what happens if the girl's got family stuff going on and just can't commit to a guy? What if she chases her career instead of giving everything up for someone she loves, it doesn't mean that the love dies. It doesn't mean that those attractions isn't there. It just means that there's a lot more, you know, working in that. So 
And then when I wrote the end of that and I sent it off to some of my like author friends, they were like, you, you can't do this. You can't end a book like this. <laughs> and they were like stone faced, like serious, like, no, this is against the rules. And I was like, well, I'm doing it. And they were like, people are going to kill you. Um, so, so good thing that you read the fifth anniversary edition because other readers had to wait five years to get That's Jamie's so point of view. I would have died. Like I literally would have died. No, everything you're saying, I feel like as a reader, I felt like I felt like that angst and that just like the sadness and the longing and the love and the bitterness and just like there are so many emotions. That's why I couldn't put it down. And I think Jess and I talked about this and a, a big part of the book is I think a lot of readers get frustrated yeah. many times mm-hmm. with these characters, you know, you're just, just be together, be together, don't be together, you know, but I think that for myself, like I couldn't get enough of it. So like, as a right, like, were you aware that maybe your readers were going to become a little frustrated? And how did you kind of like, okay, so I want to put I want to put you back in time to who I was at that point. So at that point, I only had one book that had come out that had actually really been read widely. And that was weightless. That was my first bestseller. And I was already halfway through writing a love liar to whiskey when weightless came out. And so for me, I wasn't thinking about the reader, like at all, I was just thinking about the story I wanted to write. And this was the story I wanted to read. I was like, I want the gut wrenching, like I, that bonfire scene when they're in college, it, that is everything I love about books. Like I loved that they were playing the games and kind of like, like he's making comments to her and then she runs out and he chases her like that shit. I love. And I was just like, I can't, I can't listen to what I think people will like because these characters are, are, going to be like we said morally great right like they they may make some some um questionable decisions but i will say it really surprised me how many readers hated b like jamie was absolved of everything nobody hates jamie everybody loves jamie jamie is perfect and i'm like this is horseshit because b is like really everything that we should want to be as women like she is so strong she takes she recognized in the time that her and Jamie could have been together the first time, sorry, these are slight spoiler alerts. So if you have not read the book and you plan on reading the book, maybe fast forward through this. So, so at that point when, you know, after in the, in college, when, when they kind of realize like, okay, we're going to be together. She breaks up with Ethan, like it's going to happen, but then her dad dies. Right. And she realizes I am not emotionally strong enough to deal with this death. And also in be in a new relationship with Jamie, when I just cheated on and broke up with my first real serious boyfriend, I think that is so mature of her to be like, I just need some time away from you. Now, could she have maybe kept in touch with him? Totally. But her coping style, especially with what she went through as a kid and the fact that Jamie was with her best friend for years and she felt invisible to him. Mm-hmm. It's like, she just was like, I need to just like, I need to do my own shit. Yeah. Right. And then they run into each other and he's like, okay, well now we're going to be together. And she's like, I'm going to Pittsburgh, homie. Like I got an internship waiting for me. Yeah. And I love that she wasn't like, oh yeah, like, let me just like give up everything that I've worked for now that you're back in my life. And same thing when he wanted her to like move home and stuff like he never once offered to move to Pittsburgh. He did not say, I'll come to Pittsburgh to be with you. He said, let's be long distance or you move back home. And I think so many readers miss that. And mm-hmm. I was like, I just think it's it's easier to hate the girl it because is. we can put ourselves in her position and say we would have done it differently. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I totally anyway, agree. so I didn't expect that, but <laughs> I 
I caught, I caught, I caught, I caught Jamie. <laughs> he was giving me some, some vibes. Some, yeah, as he should. As he should. That's part. I mean, like, oh god, like when when she when she shows up and he's finally like, I'm I'm ready. I will do whatever to be with you. And he's with Angel. I love that he got so mean with her, but also it was a dick move, but I loved it. I loved that he was like, how dare you? Like, I'm fucking happy now, yeah. even though he wasn't, even though he wasn't, no. he was just like, I want you to think that I'm happy because I, I want it. I don't know. They both just wanted to be in control. So again, I just think it, it definitely illustrates the frustrations with being in love before you know yourself. And that's when you fall in love at a young age, that's just what happens. Yeah. You're either in a tumultuous, very fiery, passionate situation, or sometimes like you get married and then you change and you're like, oh shit, we got to either change together or we have to go our separate ways. So I think that's why if you can't tell from all my books, I love to write about new adult romance. I love to write college age or just out of college romance. Cause I think there's so many elements that go into like loving yourself and also loving someone. Yeah, no, I agree. Yes. I just, I have goosebumps. No, I want to do a reread, honestly. I just love the book. <laughs> <laughs> that was my first oh. book of 2023. So it's very fresh yes. in my mind. I have all the feels for it. But um, I don't know if you know yes. this, but Emily. I did I not know that. So it was very fun to read um, oh the setting of Love yes. Whiskey. So I visited Pittsburgh and I loved it. I just like, <laughs> I went to a, I went to a book signing um, way back in the day, 2016. It was called the black and gold author event. Was it 2015, 2015 or 2016? And I just fell in love with it. And so I put little pieces of it in a love letter to whiskey. And I also based the whole best kept secret series there. So what he doesn't know, what he always knew, what he never knew is all based oh, in I Pittsburgh. Yeah, oh. yeah. So, and I did, I did a lot of the things like the Duquesne incline and yeah. like the Primanti brothers. Yeah. Like I had to write Primanti <laughs> brothers in. So yeah. this is why I love to travel. Like one of the big, re- I love to travel and I love to talk to strangers and people I don't know. Cause I just feel like that's how you get inspiration to write like things that feel tangible and real and like you can connect to, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That was yeah. so fun. And I think it's always cool, like, as a reader to be like, oh, my God, like, I've been there. Yes. Or I, like, yeah. you can picture it even better. So it was like, I no longer live in Pittsburgh. I live in Maryland now. But it was like a little piece of home reading that book. Yeah. So Aww. definitely a, an awesome experience. So that. right more Pittsburgh. We will yeah. Okay. I got you. For sure. I got you. <laughs> Every time that I would go to, like, Market Square, I'm like, you know what? Jamie and B would be here. <laughs> That's where it's like. Yes. Yes. <laughs> that was really that was really fun too because they started in Florida then they're in California then they're in Pittsburgh then they end up back in California so it was really cool to kind of write the different settings <laughs> they were all over the place <laughs> physically and emotionally and emotionally <laughs> and mentally <laughs> so true um Oh my well, goodness. Um, oh, sorry, Joss. I just have a go question. Ahead. So <laughs> we, do we literally do initial edit and just cut one of us out. So. <laughs> or sometimes it pisses her off if I continue to talk over her. So I'll just do it for fun. Or I'll just keep talking and she's like, Emily, like wrap it up. <laughs> um, but I'm curious because I think that you really are taking, well, reading in general has just like taken off ever since, you know, the pandemic and just 
book talk and bookstagram, I think it's changing the lives of authors. I mean, I even know you said that you were able to like upgrade your flight seats because of the release of, of Blindside. And so yeah, I think kind of backlist books are being read now, like a love letter to whiskey. I see it all over my feed now. And I just, I love that for you guys. So I'm just wondering if there's one book of your backlist that you want readers to read or that you feel is maybe not appreciated the way it should be, what would you recommend? Oh my gosh, I have so many. <laughs> I have so many of yeah, all my of little them. Love babies. Um, okay, I'm gonna limit myself to three. Okay. Um, but before I okay. get to that, I do want to say um, for anybody listening who is on Book Talk or Bookstagram that like we appreciate you so much. I can't speak for everybody, but I appreciate you guys so much. And I know like I, I try to tell you as much as I can. And if you follow me, you see my appreciation there. But it truly is life-changing when readers start to get passionate about things. Um, I've been in this for 10 years and I remember back in the day that like it was Facebook, right? So there were bloggers who had websites and then they would post their blogs on Facebook and a blogger posting about your book on Facebook could blow it up to the equivalent of what book talk does today. Right. And so that was kind of the first wave of what I felt like readership was. And I do feel like we kind of hit a slump. It was like 2019, Going into 2020, reading was kind of slowing down just like across the board. And I know I definitely felt it. I, I wrote my first um, small town series and I was shocked that it was not more like well received. And then 2020 happened and everybody was bored as hell yeah. and they started reading. <laughs> but it wasn't it wasn't just that you guys started reading, though. It was people started reading and then they said, I love this so much that I need to tell people about it. And that is really the key right there. When you love something enough to say, like, I'm just doing this because I loved it so much and I want to share it with other people because I think they will love it. I think there's something really special about that. And now we have this whole, this brand new community. And what I love most about it is that it took my my demographics like when i look at my demographics now compared to like 2017 it blows my mind my my like <laughs> my like age range used to be from like 35 to 55 was like primarily and now it's like 18 to 35 <laughs> And it's so cool to me because I'm just like, look at these young women getting out there and reading their fucking smut. Yes. yes. And owning it. it, putting it on the internet and just yes. saying like, I yeah. love that. I loved reading about that sex and that like people just own it. Yes. Women are so comfortable. I feel like in their sexuality nowadays and embracing it. And I'm all for it. I am too. Yeah. I feel like Gen Z is going to save the world, but you know, that's just me. <laughs> so, okay. So three backlist books. So the first one I'm going to say is my favorite book I've ever written, which is on the way to you. It is a road trip romance. Um, it's high angst. It is her point of view only, but you get inside his head because she's a naughty girl and reads his journal on their road trip. Oh. So um, it's, it's really, really angsty and delicious. Basically, I took like the ha like this girl who's had a shit life, but has somehow remained optimistic despite it and kind of has this like silver lining attitude. And then I took this guy who has had everything handed to him. He's like silver spoon fed and he is depressed and kind of a mess. And I put them in the car together and sent them across the country. And it's just so fun. She's a virgin. So it's kind of like the Clay Gianna vibes in the sense that he's kind of like, like they have a, a first kiss and then he like instantly regrets it because he's like, I, I don't want the responsibility of your first kiss. And she's yeah. like, fuck off. Like, she's like, <laughs> are you kidding me? Um, anyway, so I really love that one. I think that it doesn't get nearly the love that it deserves. Um, also, I came out with a book right before I published um, this series and it's called Say Yes. 
Um, and it is a summer romance that's based in the 90s. It's based in 1996. Fine. So there's no like, there's no cell phones. There's no social media. There's like email is just becoming a thing. Um, and it is, it is such an angst fest and just like really viscerally beautiful because it takes place in Florence. Um, and so it's really cool. So if you like the 90s vibe, like if yeah. you like 90s fashion, 90s music, 90s, just anything 90s, I think you will love Say Yes. Yeah, I think I would. I love the 90s. Yeah, do it, do it. It's really cool. It puts you like right in it. Like they're like, you know, they're listening to like TLC and shit. It's just nice. Um, Yeah, here for it. Um, and then my third one that I would say is Close Quarters because I I don't know about y'all, but my guilty pleasure is Below Deck, and I love that show so much. So. So I love Below Deck so much that I wanted to write about like, like working on a yacht and living on a yacht and stuff. And Jack and his sister actually used to work on yachts. They used to be yachties. And so I interviewed them and did like, I remember it was like our mine and Jack's second date when he was telling me this. And I was like feverishly taking notes. And I was like, even if we don't work out, I'm writing this book. So um uh, so yeah so basically it's like her so um she gets on the boat with her boyfriend and he's supposed to be working and she's just kind of touring the boat and then it's gonna leave and the owner comes on and sees her and is like mine and so he's like do you want to stay you can be my photographer i need some work done blah 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 and and like she's like cool i can stay with my boyfriend and then she starts to see her boyfriend's true colors of what he is like as a yachty when she's not around. And meanwhile, Uh-oh. super billionaire hot daddy Theo is like <laughs> slipping in yes. and being like, come on, baby, I'll take you shopping. Let's go to Positano, you know? So <laughs> honestly, I, so I read that and I was thinking to myself, like, where can I move and get on a yacht? <laughs> like, how can I make this like, my so reality? <laughs> I will, I will tell you, like, I have full intention to go to write an incomplete Yachty series. Um, so I a hundred percent plan to go back to that world. I have notes for that. So it'll probably be after the hockey series. I'll go back to the Yachty because I just love it. Oh my gosh. So. Let me know if you need yeah. advanced readers. I got you, girl. I got you. <laughs> I'm all about that. Um, for our listeners, as always, we will put together a guide of all of the books that Candy has referenced. Um, so you guys can check it out. You don't have to be taking notes or anything as you're driving. Um, we don't need that sort of responsibility (laughs) um but anything else emily this is your this is your most dream episode so like we have to make sure we meet all of your all we have messed i know i hope i didn't fell short i'm I'm sitting here thinking i'm like this is i think this is my favorite episode yet i feel like it was such a fun conversation and i feel like our listeners will message me and be like, Emily, like, okay, we're going to read a love letter to whiskey because I talk about it so much. And so I feel like now that you're on the episode, they're just going to, I don't know, love you. And they're going to start reading your book. So So, no, we are so honored. And Jess, thank you so much for reaching out. You're welcome. Yes. Um, And I will say like, I, if you're listening to this and you want to try one of my books, um, shoot me an email, uh, candy at candysteiner.com. If you guys want to put that in your little reference notes and I'll send you a free book. So just like email me and I'll send you a free ebook to listen or to um, read. If you prefer audiobooks, I have audio codes too. So just tell me what you want in the email. 
email. If you want to tell me what you like to read, I can probably send you something that you would like in that. But um, (laughs) that way you can take a chance on me. I mean, I have like over 30 books. It can be a little overwhelming. So (laughs) I'm happy to start you off. (laughs) That is awesome. Totally. That's amazing. Thank you so much. So amazing. Yeah. People are going to, people are going to be like, oh my God, this is the best thing. Same. Well, I guess we can say we are friends with Candy Steiner. Yes. If you like this episode and want to continue reading along with us, make sure to follow us over on Instagram at Friends with Books Pod, where we will announce all of our upcoming buddy reads and segments and also post all of the hot goss that we talked about today. <laughs> yes. Honestly, I, I'm going to get off this. I don't know if I should read Heartless next or make the guide and just like give, give yes. it away to go. Um, but in the meantime, make sure you subscribe on any listening platform that you choose to listen to this on and give us a rating. We love to see them only if they're like above a four. So anything below that, don't bother. Um, but we hope you love this episode. Um, and Candy, so, so sweet. Thank you so much for joining us. This was so much fun. Thank you for having me. It was so fun. And uh, I can't wait to come on again. Yes, definitely. Definitely. (laughs) For the ice hockey series. We'll bring you back. Yes. And the Yachty. And the the Yachty. I love it. All right. See you later. That was weird because I usually say, let's try again. (laughs) I just rolled with it. She Coming out of my mouth, I was like, this feels terrible. Bye!